right, Jabronis, we're back. And we're better than ever. And if you haven't figured it out by the dungeonous mess I got behind me here, I am now unemployed and living with my parents. Full Costanza. And uh, it's been great. It's been a real paradise. We'll get into that later, though. Let's not bog down the beginning of, of greatness here at the LPDS with uh, with that malarkey just yet. So uh, hope everyone had a good week. Thanks for tuning in to the LPDS. I'm your host, L. Um, my week was was hectic. Staying for old Randy over here. Um, a lot of getting used to in the in the new you know digs, if you will, the new temporary compound. Um, again, we'll get into that later, but it's been busy. So I hope you guys had a good week at least and you're looking, you know, you had a good weekend as well. So, um, a couple things I wanted to bitch about real quick, because I think this is important to talk about this stuff here. It's very, you know, this show, if nothing else, we bring the important stuff to the people so that you guys are well-informed, you're educated, and then you can make your own opinions based off of that well information all right now i watched this commercial it was not i was i was upstairs with the parents watching i don't know what a twilight zone episode or everyone loves raymond rerun and there was a commercial and it keeps rerunning the same commercial it's for speeding it's to warn people about the dangers of speeding and they have these three scenarios where the first scenario is this guy He's, they said he's like grossly speeding, highly overweight, whatever, not overweight, probably is too, but over speed, going way over the speed limit and he crashes and they're like, this is what, this is the damage that it causes and he crashes into a wall or something. Then there's one that's going uh, considerably over the speed limit, but not as fast as the previous guy. He hits a tree and then here's the damage. And then there's this, the third one is a guy driving in a neighborhood and they said he's only lightly speeding and he hits a human being trying to cross a crosswalk and they cut to the to the human being this kid this teenager she's in a cast in the hospital and at one of those foam um hollywood neck braces not a real one one of those foam ones that you see in movies only and they're like this is the damage that it can cause even speeding a little is still dangerous don't do it now there the message is correct you don't want to speed and and drive dangerously but the whole third scenario is an absolute crock, and I wanted to bring it out. I wanted to put it out there and call them out. I don't know even know who was putting this commercial out there, if it was some government organization or just like a new, you know, ants against speeding or something like that, whatever it was. But I got to call them out. This guy was in a residential area. He was apparently speeding. They didn't post what the speed limit was. They didn't show any indications on the, in the scene what the speed limit was and how fast this guy was going over the speed limit. He was actually driving at a reasonable pace if you look at the commercial. And he hits this person. The person now, again, you don't want to hit people. Okay, that's not the message we're trying to say here. You don't want to run over people ever, no matter what, okay? But this this person suffered a broken arm and a clearly temporary, if not fake, superficial neck injury. 
and they're sleeping in the hospital. There's no oxygen on them. They don't have any IVs in them. They're clearly not seriously injured. All right. What what is what is the message they're actually trying to say? What was the speed limit? And who's to say why can't that same damage be done to someone going 10 miles an hour? And that's really what my gripe was. Was that the injury sustained by this human being apparently in this in this scenario can be suffered by something falling off the curb or getting hit by someone in a parking lot going three miles an hour. If you're getting hit by a car, you're going to get injured, okay? And the injuries sustained in that particular scenario were clearly done by a slow-moving vehicle, all right? The message for that scenario should have been, hey, pay attention to the road, you idiot. It had nothing to do with speeding. The guy was going slow. It was a residential neighborhood. He wasn't flooring it. He just wasn't paying attention. But, of course, they had to fit the narrative of speeding, so they really jacked it up. And, it, again, it's not a terrible commercial. It's not the worst one out there. It had to be mentioned because it, it plays to the bigger lesson and the bigger complaint that I have and that I've mentioned previously is that uh, whoever's working on Madison Avenue these days for – ideas for captivating marketing, you know, scenarios, content are failing miserably. Okay. This wasn't even the worst one out there, but because they keep replaying it five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a day is just, that's why it's highlighted in my brain because I saw it 15 times yesterday alone. So tally that up throughout the whole week, not to mention the fact that they're playing it during the day, during the, the middle of the week, the work week. So the people who are speeding are not even watching TV right now. All who's watching TV are the geriatric SOBs out there who are not driving fast. They're not paying attention, but they're going 16, 17 miles an hour. They, they, they write checks to their grandkids bigger than that. So they're playing to the wrong audience. The message in the final scenario is, is kind of flawed and discombobulated. Um, and, it, and again, it plays to that whole garbage you know, marketing. And that doesn't even include all the insurance commercials with Progressive and the Limu Emu and all that absolute crap that makes me not want to buy their insurance because it's, it's slop. So that's all I got to say about that one. Now, on to more important business. And if you have it, Get the tinfoil out, okay? This is an update for you guys. Now, if you if you had a heartbeat this past week or two weeks, I'm sure you've all seen in social media um, and probably by your friends who are posting social media stuff on there because they're all news anchors and experts now, of the Donald Trump raid by the FBI, the secret raid that the FBI got approved to do, raid an ex-president's domicile for whatever reason. I, I don't... They said it was for classified documents he may have he may have still had that they're trying to seize, but uh, that's not the real reason. Who knows what it is? It's ridiculous. The whole the whole system's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, and I know people are gonna give me shit for that because I said the word ridiculous and associated with that orange clown. Now they're gonna think I'm pro clown and I'm not. I, I've I've told you how I feel about clowns. I don't like them, so um, get off my back about it. But the piece here, the important piece that you need to know about for the tinfoil hattery 
is that one of the judges, the federal magistrate that signed off on the warrant to approve this raid, that garnered nothing, by the way, was none other than one of the attorneys for sex predator, fake suicide, Jeff Epstein. Now, I forgot this dude's name, but he was working for the state of Florida as like a government-appointed lawyer for a while, and then he secretly planned his escape to start his own law firm right around the same exact time Jeff Epstein needed to be represented, and, and he helped him get off, so to speak, and then he helped all the other people on the list of sex predators that went to Sex Pedal Island to include himself. He was also at the island. Uh, they, got, they maintained an anonymity. Anonymity. And now this guy's back working for the for the state or the you know, as a Fed now, a federal magistrate judge signing off on warrants to raid people's houses and do other stuff that he's allowed he has the authority to do. Now again, the big message here is not it has nothing to do with, with Emperor Trump at all. It has to do with the fact that the people that we know already Minus the list that hasn't been released yet that we know already have been to Sex Pedal Island. There are pictures of this dude getting foot massages with uh, by Jelaine Maxwell, who's going to get suicide any day now, probably. He's getting dirty, disgusting foot massages by her with her cleavage hanging out, and he's going to Sex Pedal Island to probably do sex with girls and then getting everybody off, uh, off of doing time and getting outed for it. These are the people that are on that list. People in power that have the power to to control this country. And this is why I get so hot and bothered about it and bring it up all the time is because we're all sitting here thinking everything's hunky-dory and that they got the two people behind it all, but they don't. The culprits are running the asylum. The nuts are running the asylum, whatever the saying is. And we had, that's what I want to bring awareness to constantly, is that these people raped children. And, peop- and everybody seems to be okay with it. Everybody in power seems to be okay with it, Maybe probably because the majority of them are the, are the culprits or the rapers. So something that's, that stuff is always going to be important to me, bringing child rapists and sex traffickers to justice. And you can you we could speculate about the gossipy nature of the celebrity stuff, all that crap, but we have we like to have fun here and entertain, but I'm always going to bring that up and put my tinfoil hat on until these people are brought to justice. Because they're raping kids. Okay, they're doing sex to children. And anybody who is remotely okay with that or tries to justify it or defend it in any way shape or form needs to also probably be investigated. And if they're part of your friends group, you should probably rethink that person as a friend if they're trying to defend these people and, you know, justify the rape. Now, now we could take the tinfoil hats off and we can have a good time. I'll talk about fun things. Everything's hunky-dory down here in this dungeon. We're going to talk about it. But first, we're going to step into the cage. 
Okay, let's run. All right. Today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by Crystal's Crystal Emporium. Imagine you're coming home from a stressful day at the office where you're in prison in your cubicle, making cold calls to people, trying to inform them that their car's extended warranty is about to expire, and you're getting nothing but expletives and hang-ups thrown your way. And you go home to nothing but angry, negative energy, and leftover goulash from two nights ago. Now, imagine you come home to a serene environment where you can recenter your chakras and whisk away all those toxins killing your vibes. Well... With Crystal's Crystals, now you can. You see, Crystal's Crystals use a patented multiversal energy triangulation technique that physically removes toxins from your system and realigns your neurochakras in a matter of absolute minutes. So to get your crystals today, visit Crystal's Etsy page, and if you use the promo code STALACTITES for your soul, you get 2.9 sticks of incense for free. That's what, that's what we need here, folks, in life. We need to recenter. We need to do a little bit of usfraba. And we need to, to get our shit back together, if you will. Okay, so go check out Crystal's Etsy page. Um, and don't forget the code. I mean, it, there's nothing better than realigning your shit with a little, you know... Vanilla, cinnamon, spiced incense, you know, hanging over and smogging up your home and setting your house on fire. All right. So the today's cage fact. Now, this was a fun one because I actually didn't know this previously, and I probably should have. I, I'm kicking myself in the ass now for not knowing this earlier. So back when he was filming National Treasure 2, they were filming up in the Black Hills of South Dakota, where I used to live. Tremendous area. Um, very cold. Very expensive to fly in and out of, but tremendous area nonetheless. During that time, he found out about a cave in the Black Hills that was up for sale. And he took the he took a day with his entourage to go explore this cave a little bit to see if he was going to buy it. And he was actually getting ready to put an offer in to buy this. He had this whole plan for the cave, what he was going to do with it. He said it was, you know... Again, serene, calming, somewhere he can go to escape, uh, you know, the the trudges of the day, the stressors of, you know, everyday life in Hollywood, and he can really, you know, refocus his, his, his aura, if you will. Um, he didn't end up buying it. I'm sure there's a number of reasons. That was around the time he was, he was finding out that his accountant was – pissing his money away and, and not paying their taxes or what have you. So uh, it never came to be. I'm kicking myself because I didn't know about this sooner when I lived up there so I can go investigate that cave and see what it's all about, see how much it was costing, what the price was, and maybe maybe I take over the cave. And I give him, you know, uh, some, some sort of timeshare abilities to go over there when he wants, Airbnb it. A little cave B&B action. And that way we could go together, recenter our chakras, become best pals. Everything would, would have been great. Now, I'm not done with this investigation. All right? I'm essentially mobile right now, so 
I have no problem taking a couple days up there investigating, doing some recon on this case, seeing if it's still for sale and all those how you doings. But nonetheless, that's the cage fact. He did do an interview uh, about it. I think this is on the cusp of when um, they announced, Disney Plus announced the first season of the National Treasure series. The diverse series is coming out now without him in it because that's a recipe for success right there. Um, and they talked, they asked him about it and stuff, and he was talking about the cave and the how you doing. So there you go. That's the cage fact. Enjoy it. All right. Spin on over to the junction. Get that logo going up. I'm trying to get this background on the TV to stay current so that you can see the see something at least halfway decent as opposed to the box of wrapping paper, the the stacked tower of cabinets and Tupperware boxes and files and swinger stars and all the other stuff going on over here. Um, hopefully you guys focus on the schnoz and the logo instead, and we'll be better off for it. Now, I'm back in my parents' house. All right, I moved back in temporarily until I get a job lined up. So we're talking, you know, maybe like a month or two, and the plan is to uh, work remote, split my time somewhere, and spend the majority of the time living somewhere else on my own, well, with Randy, and... Then coming back during the winter holiday months so I can help my parents with shoveling and be there for the family for the holidays and this and that. And also, you know, try to save some money in the, in the, in the interim because I got news for you folks. Living in New Jersey is not cheap, okay? And there's no reason for it. And instead of living like a pauper when I still have student loans to pay, thanks a lot, Embry-Riddle. Um, I'm trying to take a, a year or two to save that money, pay those loans off so that I could come back the right way, the best way possible for the long term, and I can finally be here, you know, for good, hopefully, maybe. Uh, we'll see how that works out. But I got back here last week, and as you can see, it's been pretty great so far. Uh, very few complaints. We're one week in, all right? Um Nothing out of the ordinary here when you're when you're moving back in as a 35-year-old with no job, nothing to do. I'm moving back in when you're Italian-American parents from New Jersey, 70-year-old parents. Um, it's pretty ordinary stuff. I'm sure you guys have, have, have are, would, would deal with the same thing if you moved back with your parents. All right? I drive into the driveway. This is how... What is the word I'm looking for? Not perfect. It's not um, standard operating procedure. That's It's probably standard. I get into the driveway. This is last Sunday. I am greeted by my old man, JPL3. He is out there. He just finished watering the plants that my mother spent all summer planting. And mind you, these are plants that don't grow anything but maybe flowers. Some of them look like weeds. Uh, and gra- long grass you see in the swamps. Uh, and some of them do have flowers, I guess. Apparently, I haven't seen them yet. But she planted them. She worked her ass off moving boulders around, mulching the front yard, and planting weeds. And now my father's out there spending an hour plus a day watering these things. And then, as I get out of the car, he's just finishing up 
spraying the perimeter of the house, all the plants with this deer repellent so that the deers don't eat the weeds and ruin my mom's hard work. This deer repellent smells like a rotting carcass. All right, so me and Randy get out of the vehicle. It's 90 degrees out. And the entire property, the entire crazy compound over here reeks of dead body so that we can protect the weeds and keep the deer out. And that's what my father's doing. Sleeveless shirt, cut off sleeves, sweatshorts with pockets sticking out, tube socks up through his shins, black new balances, mustache. Sweat towel around his neck. All the all the makings of of a libretti uh, senior citizen. Um, really, any libretti in their adult years. If you don't have a sweat towel at the ready at all times, um, you don't belong in this family. So he was locked and loaded. He had the the container in his hand, and he's spraying and praying. Randy's dying. My big schnoz is whiffing it all in. He's wearing a, a World War II gas mask that my grandfather stole off a dead Nazi's body to protect himself from it. Meanwhile, in the backyard, the deer are eating all the vegetables where there's actually fruits and vegetables growing on these damn plants, and they're banging each other in the back, and they're creating more deer, and they're having a good old time. But the weeds are protected. The long grass, that instead of just letting the grass grow in the yard, they had to buy new grass and plant it and grow it so it looks like a swampy Shrekville. That's all protected. The deer aren't going near that. They're eating the tomatoes. Which is sort of bittersweet because at least now I come back to a place where there's tomatoes growing. Unlike my compound where we weren't getting any edible tomatoes this year. So... Everything started off with a bang. And then after, you know, I I unpacked my car. I brought it in here, and you can see some of the stuff, you know, over there, the TV, other things that are packed away. I created this little nook for myself. I vacuumed the cement. I put a little throw carpet, a little magic carpet on here for me and Randy, and I got this uh, this little rocking lounge chair that, my aunt and uncle owned for about 40 years. And now for some reason, my parents have it in their basement. Uh, so now I'm sitting on it. I'm enjoying myself. It's very comfortable. It's low. It's low hanging, though. Uh, so it's tougher for me to get up with the Schlatter. But I set up this nice little uh, paradise, if you will. And in the middle of it, things only they only get better here, folks. All right. I'm outside, and I, you can hear Crazy Carol screaming the top of her lungs, firing off F-bombs, idiots, calling everybody names. I, I come in, and what's the matter? What, did you spill something? You break glass? You cut yourself? No, she didn't cut herself. The Yankees are on TV. So I didn't even have to finish asking the question, hey, are you okay? I looked up. I was like, oh. Physically, you're okay. Mentally, you're clearly not because you're watching the Yankees and you're losing your shit. And for whatever reason, she has to let everybody, the entire neighborhood know that the Yankees stink. Every single one of them needs to be off the team. 
in this particular scenario, she's yelling at her favorite player, DJ LeMayhew, because apparently he looked at a, a called strike three, which you know, look at the replay, and it was a ball. The umpire had a terrible game. They even said it after the game that the umpire was garbage. And he strikes out, and she's like, even my man, DJ LeMayhew, he needs to go. He's been stinking it up lately. Now, I did some looking up on the stats of DJ that game, and DJ went three for six with like a home run and three RBIs. So you can imagine what my childhood was like playing sports if going three for six with a home run and three RBIs is unsatisfactory for a performance in a baseball game. And I'm no DJ LeMayhew. Let me tell you something. I'm more like a Brett Gardner where I close my eyes, I take steroids, and I hope to hit the ball. That's what I was. So if you look at the old fan footage, in fact, I thought my mother was watching old high school baseball and a footage of myself screaming so loud. That's what you're going to get. And I will say this to give her all the credit in the world. She is a diehard fan for the ups and the downs. She's not just yelling at you, telling, you know, why didn't you bat a 1,000 with all home runs? If I hit a home run, she's screaming at the top of her lungs that I'm the best and everybody else's kid sucks, and she's fighting other fans to let them know that their kids are stupid fat and they suck at sports compared to her kid. But I'll tell you what, if I did strike out or made an error, we were going back to the tape and we were rewatching it so she can remind me how bad I am at sports. And this was soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever sport I played, violin, everything. Um, so the feedback was always there, but so were the accolades. So I'll give her credit for that. But that's what I walked into when I got into the house. I'm glad she's okay, though, physically. Um, and she cooled off so that she didn't have a stroke. When she was able to cool off, though, she did, in fact slide over like like she's doing a, a, a power business negotiation for a top salary in the company. She slid over to me her list of chores, which could have been taken as hostage demands the way she did it. Uh, but I know she, you know, all good intentions. And again, I am here to help my family. That's why I came back to help my parents out. Not so much my family. My brother's good and my sister. She's got a husband. He can help her out. Uh, but to help my parents with stuff. So I wasn't mad about it. But just the way, I, I mean, I still have my backpack in my hand. Uh, I'm sweaty. I'm, I'm dirty. I'm, I'm tired from unpacking a car for the 15th time in a week. Randy's still getting used to the rotting carcass smell around the perimeter. And then she comes in hot like gordon gecko with these listed demands in this you know this salary negotiation here is what we need from you if you want to live in this home and it wasn't you know i'll i will admit again uh, it was a very reasonable list and all important things mind you everything was important on this list that needs to get done okay it wasn't stupid stuff like helping fix the deck that's got foundation issues um, or, you know, helping with the garden so that we can actually have fresh vegetables to eat or helping your father grocery shopping so that we can eat dinner and make food for the week. None of that stupid shit, all right? This is important stuff like making sure the TV and the spare bedroom that I'm sleeping in 
and I don't watch when I go to sleep, mind you, making sure that that TV is working and has some sort of cable channels to it when guests come over and apparently kick me out of my own guest room so that they can stay there and have a good, you know, a nice TV to watch before they go to bed. So I had to make sure that was good to go. That's important stuff. That was number one. And if and and if you didn't know the first time it was number one on the list, I got reminded every day the past week to make sure that the TV was good to go for the guests. I'm not a guest. I'm a kid. All right? I am back into kiddom. I am no longer an adult. I am not a guest visiting here. I am the middle child with chores that need to get done. If they don't get done, there will be discipline. So how to get the TV done and checked. The extent of that work, just to give you a little context there, I had to turn the TV on and make sure that when I click up on the arrow and down on the arrow, the channels changed up one number and down one number, and that everything was hunky-dory for the guests, for the VIP guests that were coming in when, you know, to kick me out and make me sleep on the couch with the dogs and my father, who also sleeps on the couch apparently still. Um, so that had to get done, and that was very important, and I got it done for them finally. The other thing that needed to get done is also very important was for my father, JPL3. He's having trouble with his printer so that he can print up recipe links, links to articles that are very important articles so that he can scan them and email them the, email the scan copies of website links to me and my brother and sister and everybody else in the family on his, on his distro, his distribution list. Okay, let me repeat that. My father finds an article on the internets. He clicks on the link to access the article. Then he clicks print. He doesn't click file print, though. Okay, now if anybody who's anybody in the cyber community knows that if you click print only right off the website, it's printing whatever is showing on the screen on that on that page right there to include the ads, the pop-ups that cover the article, everything. You have to click file print so that you can remove the pop-up ads and print the contents only so that you can actually read the article. That doesn't happen with him. He prints it up. Then he scans it in so that he has a soft copy of the attachment as a PDF. And then he emails us the PDF and he says, take a look at this link to this article. Now, again, anybody with half a brain in the cyber community knows that there are no links on PDFs attachments unless you have Adobe Pro and that you can you know, can hyperlink stuff in there, which clearly he doesn't. So now we're scrolling through articles that are covered in pop-up ads that were printed, and they were also scanned crooked, sometimes black and white, unreadable. The only thing you can read, luckily, is the title of the article so that we can look up the title on, on Google if we find the article to be important enough and we can actually read the article online like human beings in 2022. So I have to get the I had to, I had to do the printer for him. And again, this is important stuff. So um, I haven't done that yet. It's it's 
a bit of a time-consuming issue uh, to unplug the printer and plug it back in. Um, so I have been getting that feedback from my supervision on uh, getting that done ASAP because I'm missing out on some important articles. I haven't gotten many emails from my father this week, and that's that's the reason why. Because when he comes home from work, he has nothing to print on. Therefore, the content and the education cannot happen. And I get it. So we need these printed. Need these scanned. Need these these things emailed. Also, after he scans them, he doesn't throw them away. He staples them and he puts in marker who this article is in reference to, who this who was supposed to read this, and then he hands them to you. And you know, up until this week, uh, he wasn't able to hand these to me every day because I wasn't around. So he would hand me portfolios of old articles that I already read via scanning and googling. Um, so that I have now an archive of these top-tier education pieces on why Mickey Mantle was the best player on the Yankees, even though he was a drunk. Um, Does Joe DiMaggio dunk his donuts at Dinky Donuts? And how to make the most moist pumpkin bread for the autumn season. And let me tell you something, folks. I make a damn moist pumpkin bread in the autumn season because of that man right there. So um, that's why this is so important. You wouldn't have my banana chocolate chip banana bread. You wouldn't have my moist pumpkin bread. You would have nothing. None of my cannolis, my meatballs, nothing if it wasn't for that man printing it up for me. So you could dog on them all you want thinking this is not important to get this printer fixed. But I got news for you folks. You'd be you'd be more than wrong and I take it as disrespect that you're calling out my father like that. How dare you? He's not going to he's he is not the guy to find a link, copy the link and email the link to people to click on. That's preposterous. How are you going to have your backup copies to read in the kitchen while you're making the recipe if he doesn't print it up and scan it and then send you the physical attachment afterwards? And this is this is the difference between the top-tier elites of the world like here in the LPDS and all the other scrubs and idiots and fat, lazy, stupid morons with mush for brains out there is that they're not thinking fourth dimensionally like that. They're very linear, ones and zeros. I see a link, I copy link, I paste the link in email, I email the link. My job is done. That's it. Simpletons. You guys are simpletons. Not you in the junction here, but all these other idiots out there. You guys are plebes. Very parochial. You're clearly not thinking forwardly. That's not a word, I don't think, but it is now. And that's, again, another thing in the ivory tower of elite intelligence, you just you can, you can make up words on the spot, and they are high-caliber words. So while you're sitting there scratching your head, why is this guy printing up these recipes and these articles about Joe DiMaggio's you know, favorite donut... 
and we're out here living our best lives, eating delicious moist bread, yucking it up with the other fellas about Joe DiMaggio's donut choices with our hard copies right there in front of us because he had the foresight to print those up and create that redundancy for us. So... Just look, get on the same level, guys. That's what we're trying to do here at the LPDS anyway. Get people on the same level of high-caliber thinking, critical analysis, building evidence-based opinions, all that good stuff, educating, entertaining, being silly, high-caliber. Everything is the top tier with us, okay? So get on that level. Get on JPL3's level, all right? And shame on me. For not getting that printer fixed in time. I know it's a lot. I am not uh, I am not on that level of technological savvy to be able to just unplug the printer and plug it back in and be done with it. It's going to be unplugged a couple of times. And that's probably what I'm doing. I'm stalling. I got to stop stalling and get that shit done for him. Everything, everything's been great so far here this this week. All right, everything has been great. Um, the chores, the uh, the screaming. This is what you come back for. This is why you get out of a job, whether you get fired or you quit or you retire or what have you, as an adult, and you move back in with your parents. This is why you do this stuff. And again, you're stupid if you don't. Who wants to live on your own? And be self-sustaining. Not me. Another chore on the list, while while I remember it actually, this is a big one too, is hunting the bear, the neighborhood bear. Now, I don't know if I mentioned this previously. I think I did... When when we had the Easter weekend episode with Nikki Sticks, maybe maybe we mentioned it, but uh, my dad got attacked by a bear, so he says no, the bear didn't bite him or anything, but he charged him, sniffed him, what have you. So there's a bear infestation here in the neighborhood, um, and he's walking in the backyard on a regular basis. Now I've seen him; it's a real bear. This is not you know a cockamamie story here. This is a real black bear. And and look, jokes aside. Bears will kill you, okay? They're not the soft, cuddly, cute little friendly things that you see in Disney movies or on the Coca-Cola commercials. These fat bastards will tear you to pieces and and not even think twice about it. And they'll eat you ass first while you're alive because they're hungry. And they don't give a shit that you're squirming and crying and crapping yourself. They'll eat your crap too. So they're not to be trifled with. Got it. Now it's on me to hunt the bear. It's on the list of chores to do. Below the TV, below the printer, obviously. But now I got to hunt this bear. I got to scare him away. He cannot be, this is according to the supervision here. He cannot be allowed to just roam free in the, in the backyard comfortably like it's his forest. Okay, they paid damn good money to live on this property and to make it smell like rotting carcass that attracts omnivorous animals like man-eating bears. And they'll be damned if he's going to walk around comfortably thinking he's going to get a hot meal here. So I got to scare him away. If I can't scare him away by yelling 
honking my horn, banging pots and pans, or chasing him away, which were all suggestions, mind you. This is all provided to me. This was, you know, tactics, techniques, and procedures, TTPs, provided to me by my supervision. Those don't work. I can I can try to render him immobile and defenseless by shooting him with the slingshot that my father procured from Toys R Us before they shut down. Now, this slingshot is highly lethal. It shoots carbon pellets, little pellets that are the size of a pea, maybe, maybe one-eighth of your testicle. Light carbon, environmentally friendly pellets, very light, and they disintegrate in the, into the earth and they don't cause an actual carbon footprint. So I don't know what they're made of. Maybe they're not of carbon. I don't know. But they disintegrate. They're not metal, uh, but they are lethal. Okay, we got a, a deadly slingshot to take out these bears. Now, my dad had showed me how to use it, and thank God he did because I didn't remember how to use a slingshot since I haven't used one since I was you know, an actual kid living with my parents beforehand. Um, so he was able to bring out his sack full of pellets, get us up onto the onto the the high ground on the balcony out in the yard, and he was firing at birds and squirrels and tree trunks and letting me know just the, the proper techniques. Again, important techniques and procedures to optimize your lethality with this very dangerous slingshot. So he taught me how to do that. Um, now I'm I have my concealed carry permit now for slingshots, which is something you need to get in New Jersey, apparently. Uh, so I can't carry this outside when I take the dogs on walks. So if you're out there in the neighborhood, uh, don't be alarmed. You're going to be safer now. Okay? I've been trained. I got my minimum hours requirement in training on slingshot. I have a sack full of pellets. Okay? So that if you're in danger or your dog is in danger or your family is in danger... And you see me out there and about, just wave me down, and I'll go into tactical mode, and I'll take care of business for you. Okay? And I'm not, that's not just lip service, because I go out there and train with my old man now every night when he comes home from work after he waters the weeds. We go out to the back and we get our, you know, our range time in. And we burn some, you know, burn some lead out there doing tactical movements. Crouching down behind rocks, he he does scenarios, training scenarios where he's the bear and he's behind me, and I got to turn around and fire at him and make sure that I get lethal lethal shots through the chest, one of the head. So we're doing real training with this slingshot. It's a big time lethal, dangerous weapon if you're not prepared to use it appropriately. And he taught me everything now I know about the slingshot. And here it is right here, actually, and I'll bring it up on screen on YouTubeville. This is the slingshot right here. As you can see, um, it's concealable so that your enemy doesn't know that it's coming. So if they try to provoke you, they don't know, and they're going to be caught off guard by this thing. Um, but it is deadly. These straps here are made from the finest Acme rubber Jerry the giraffe would be proud with this thing. Look at this bitch. Wow. I mean, look, if you hit a bear 
with a a .03 ounce carbon pellet from 40 yards away in the ass. You know, he's not feeling it, but he's going to know mentally that you're around. All right, and if you want to take care of a bear and all the other things don't work, you got to slingshot up. That's the only way to do it. And in fact, I get, again, I get constructive feedback from my supervision. If I go outside and take the dogs out, I don't have the slingshot on me. And then the last resort to that, which I didn't bring down because it's very dangerous, is he has procured, my old man procured some, I don't want to call it black market bear spray, but let's just say you can't find this stuff in New Jersey. He had to go to the underground to get this bear spray that you can, it comes with a holster that you could put on your tack belt or on the on the strap of your tactical fanny pack if you're alpha enough to wear one of those so that if the bear does not respond to the slingshot you can pull out this bear spray and uh, and you know you want to get to the safe zone. You want to get out of the danger if he's close by, if you're close quarters combat. You spray him, and you can get out into safety, and you can escape that way. At least give yourself enough time to pull out the slingshot and start firing pellets mercilessly. So that's what, that's what I'm trained to do now. So that's on the list. So living with your Italian parents again as an adult 35-year-old with no job is great. This is the stuff that you get to do again as an adult kid. You don't have to do it. You get to do it. And again, this is something that you guys need to understand. This is a pleasure. Who else is going to allow you to go hunt bears and unplug printers and empty out full dehumidifiers. Nobody. Come on. You're not doing that at your house. You got a bear problem at your house, you're done for. If you come back here to the Libretti compound, you're getting high, highly trained and prepared for all these life-saving things. Okay? Whether it's bear hunting or, or not getting suffocated in a, in a human basement with no air conditioning. Or making sure the wine cellar is at the optimal temperature so that we don't ruin the wine. All this stuff you're not going to get anywhere else, folks. So it's been great. Not to mention the, the inquisition you get at the end of each day when they come home from work. Find out how your day was. Make sure that you took care of your chores. Ask what you watched on television. Ask how many jobs you applied to. If you guys saw what just happened with the technical difficulties, you would... I, I don't even know what to say. If you missed it there in, in Audioville, go check it out on YouTube. We lost camera footage. We lost audio. We lost everything because... We got the, and just as I was talking about it too with the Inquisition, we get the door open, somebody's home from work, and it was time to find out how my day was. And with that came a running Randy 
through the studio here, ripping plugs out and cables and wiring. The camera flew everywhere. The, the microphone was gone. It was a whole ordeal, and it took me about 20 minutes to get it all fixed up and ready to go again. And again, that's what you get to do when you're down here in the trenches of the, the Libretti compound, the Libretti nuthouse. That's one of the things you get to endure. And it's a privilege and an honor. Okay? And now I will have to go up there and answer questions on how what I did today. And if I got my chores done, if I took care of business, the update on the on the bear hunt situation. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push back. I'm not gonna ask them follow up questions or give them answers that get them angry or let them know that they don't need to know every everything single thing that happens in my life. Let me be an adult. I'm not gonna do that. That's for immature, low level, low caliber people. And like we just we like we mentioned, we're top tier, we're high caliber here. So I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna push back like any other adult might do, pretend adult really, because you're not really an adult if you're asking follow up questions to your parents. You should nod, answer their questions, and finish your damn chores. And that's what I'm gonna do. And then maybe I'll go and sp- and stay upstairs all night. And watch Perry Mason reruns with them as opposed to coming down into my little nook here, my little fortress of solitude, so that I don't get the guilt trip because I don't want to do that either. You don't want to force your parents to have to guilt you into hanging out with them. It's a terrible thing that they have to do. You don't want to put them in that position to the, where they have to question your love of them because you don't want to stay up there and watch a black and white TV show about a, an attorney who solves crimes. Back in the 50s and 60s, when crimes were pretty much, you know, somebody stole the apple pie from the windowsill. Now you got to get Perry Mason on the case to find out who stole it, find out it was Beaver Cleaver from two blocks down. And because Perry Mason's such a good attorney, they sentence him to death. And that's what happens. And that's the same story. And I should want to watch that with my family every night. And I should want to watch Blue Buds reruns with them of Tom Selleck's mustache or Ray Romano reruns or watch the Yankee games with them. I should want to do all that. If I come down here like a piece of garbage son... And, and force them into a situation where they have to guilt me and question my love of them, that's not what being a good son is about. That's not what you do here, and that's not what I'm going to do. You don't want to do that to your family. You don't want to put them in that position, okay, where they have to hit you, and then, then they have to be in the position where they tell have to tell you why they hit you, because they love you. And if they didn't love you, they wouldn't hit you. And I get it. If my parents didn't hit me, I would I would call Dyfus on them, Child Protective Services, right now, and I would and I would tell them, take these two morons away. They don't even love me anymore. They haven't hit me in, in days.
And that's what you get here, folks. That's what I get to live in and enjoy and be honored and, and to serve under this, this new regime now that I live under. Because what else am I going to do? And I have purpose in my life again. It took one week. I went 18 years on my own with no purpose, no nothing. Not a clue what I was going to do in my life as a quote-unquote grown-up. I thought that's what being a grown-up was. I thought you leave your parents' house and you go through the rest of your lives not knowing what the hell to do with them. And you pay bills for it. And you go into debt and you put yourself in unhappy relationships and then you have a couple of piss pants kids that you don't really like and they're ugly and you have to pretend that they're good looking and that they're smart and capable when they're not. And then you die. And your kids abandon you and you die. I thought that's what adulthood was. And I was spending, I had 18 years of it thinking I was doing pretty good in the adulthood department because I'm lonely, no purpose, paying bills. Actually, I thought I was doing better because I didn't have a bunch of kids who resented me that would watch me and, 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 and revel in my ultimate demise and, you know, and journey into death. I thought I was just going to be able to die alone and be happy with my purposeless life that I lived. And then I come back here, and within seconds, I transformed back into the kid who had, who had shit to do. And, a, and, and something to live for again. And it came in the form of a negotiation note slid to me across the kitchen table by the queen herself. And it said on the top of the sheet, your purpose in life. And I got it back instantly. I got purpose. I knew what to live for again. And I knew I know how to do it now, too. I got trained. I got trained on prioritization, knowing what the important things are to take care of first and why they're more important. I got tactical-level combat training I was never going to get in the military. You think they sent me to Afghanistan with any amount of hours worth of slingshot training? No chance, pal. They were sending me out to the wolves, into the trenches, taking grenades with no training and no wherewithal. If a Taliban warlord tried to come and take me out in my bed in the dorms, what do you think, I'm going to shoot him with my gun? I'm a dead man without that slingshot training. And I got it all within a week here. It took me 18 years to figure out that I just needed a week back home with my family to learn what the hell to do in my life again. And I'm grateful for that. In all seriousness, though, we joke, we, we have fun, we're, we're silly and stupid, and, and we yuck it up here on the show. But I'm saving money. I'm spending time with my family. I'm helping my parents out. It's only temporary until I get, you know, my next place, my next location. Life is pretty good, okay? Life is pretty damn good in all reality. And that's all I got to say about that. All right, before we go, though, 
going to touch on it real quick. The big three. Number one, exercise every day. Do something. Jumping jacks, go for a walk. I walk with my dog up and down the hills around this the, the neighborhood. I do push-ups and sit-ups. Try to do something. Burn the calories. Get the chemicals surging through your body. You don't need crystals, crystals to recenter your chakras, folks. You just need a couple of push-ups and a good workout in. And you'll feel better physically, mentally, and emotionally. You'll get healthier in all three of those aspects as well. Number two, the toughest one to do, don't be a shitty person. Especially on the internet when you think you're just shit-talking on profiles and shit-posting on, on people's profiles. There's human beings back there. All right? I saw David Goggins is probably the most psychotic, toughest son of bitches. Son of bitches. What is that? What am I, a Russian warlord? Sons of bitches out there. And he posted a 10-second video. No no words, no commentary, just a video of people working on his feet, which was disgusting. I toughed it out, though, uh, and watched it. But it was just guys fixing him up. He had, They were in shambles, cut swollen, nails are falling off in shambles from all the hundreds of miles that he runs a day or whatever it is. He's an animal. And the the comments were flooded with shit posting, shit talking them, dogging on them. Why you you're wasting your time doing that? That's so stupid. Don't be an idiot. People don't take advice from this guy. He's an idiot who's killing himself. Yada 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 all this hate and, and garbage. And he can he came back with a video Mind you, this this response video is him running seven-minute mile pace for 25 miles on a light training jog, and he's talking to them, talking to people, saying, you know, telling people to block out the hate and the garbage and focus on the goals and what you're trying to attain and what your purpose is. And he's right, but it's also tough on social medias when everybody loves being negative on there and being assholes to people, thinking, I don't... I'll never understand what they're thinking. Do they get pleasure in, in that little jab, that little gotcha comment that they're making to, to be an asshole to somebody because they don't like them, they don't like their public image? And if they get pleasure out of that, again, you have a whole host of other problems that you need to address internally and stop projecting that negativity out to the world. And then you wonder why shit's so bad and negative, and you're just feeding into it. And nobody with half a brain is looking at these posts from people and thinking, oh, that guy's got to figure it out. That guy who just shit-talked that other stranger and was an asshole to him, I I believe that guy. Now, I want to follow his opinions. I'm going to change my thought process and be more like him. They're not doing that, okay? So take the step back. Think about what exactly you're doing and why you're doing it before you decide to just be a shitty person. And you're not spreading any awareness, by the way. If you have an agenda that you're trying to push by being an asshole and negative, it's not working. You're not spreading awareness on anything. Nobody's reading your garbage and thinking, oh, yeah, good thing he posted that. Otherwise, I would have had my head in the sand on this topic the entire time. Thanks for you being an asshole has opened up my eyes. Thank you for that. Nobody's doing that, guys. All right, don't be a shitty person. Number three, the most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. All right? And I'm and I'm I was being serious earlier. I get to live here for, temporarily, obviously, 
but I get to stay here and spend time with my family and, and, and be around them and get, you know, comic relief out of it and good food. And let me tell you something. It's not, not just my chocolate chip banana bread and stuff that I make with the recipes printed up for me, but my, my family can cook a hell of a lot better than your family's most likely. And that's not a shit talk. That's just a fact. And the people who have eaten my family's cooking know that. So I get to eat well. I have freedom of movement. I'm saving money. I'm spending time with my family. I haven't spent more than a week with my parents at any one time in 18 years. That's nuts. So I'm grateful for that. You guys need to be grateful for the good you have in your lives as well. Take the step back again. Think about it. Consciously think about the good and understand what a gift it is. All right? And that's the big three. Thank you guys again. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tell your friends and enemies and put on the notifications. Call the hotline, please. I'm begging you. I love hearing the hotline calls. 202-670-1114. Send it over. Let me know about it. Whatever it is, questions, comments, advice, whatever, call it in. And then tell your friends and your enemies, whatever. Thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.